This is Thoughts from the Metal Cavern, where only one opinion matters, and it's not yours. It would be fair to say that Round 8 of the NRL contained its fair share of surprise results, either through unexpectedly close games, or from the upset results that will have turned a number of clubs on their ears. As always, we'll run the rule over the weekend's results and ponder whether as we reach the 33 and a third percent mark of the regular season. Today's talking point brings us back to one of the bugbears of this program, the habit of laying down in tackles to gain an advantage, whether it be a penalty or a player going to the bin or the chance to level up a game late in the match. And if there is any solution that can deal with this if the players themselves are not going to do so. Finally, we look at next weekend's matchups and how the teams that collapse this weekend can redeem themselves. All of that and much, much less on today's edition of In League with the NRL, on the podcast that just keeps finding a way to resurrect itself, Thoughts from the Metal Cavern. The Weekly Wrap-Up. G'day and welcome to another edition of In League with the NRL. And let's see how far we get into this before we fall apart again. Um, as I said in the intro, it's uh, certainly a week of upsets in the NRL. Or some people mightn't think that they were upsets. Some people might think some of those matches were a sure thing that were just around the corner. So let's have a quick look at how the round negotiated itself and we had the first game on Thursday night where the Broncos 16 defeated the Sharks 7 after the Sharks had led 7-6 at half time with just a wonderful field goal to get that 7-6 that one point lead at half time well that made all the difference didn't it because the Sharks failed to show up in the second half and not that they really were there in the first half either and the Broncos Won a fairly uninspiring match, but one that the Broncos supporters once again celebrated like it was a grand final victory. Great to see. Good on you, Broncos. Um, <laughs> anyway, some teams will take any wins, as we will see as we go through the program. On Friday, the opening game was the Titans and the Panthers, and at half time, the Titans led 4 0 and had been really good. And the Panthers had made quite a few errors, of course, but the, the Titans were in the game and looked like they could uh, maybe produce an upset. But then the Panthers came out after halftime, as they have most of the season, and took control of the game and eventually overwhelmed the Gold Coast team by 18-4. to And that really leaves the Titans in a pretty prickly spot, but we'll go into that later as well. The second game on the Friday night... Um, was pretty much all over at the ninth minute mark when Carl Lawton was sent off for a spear tackle, or the closest thing you can come to for a spear tackle in the current climate of rugby league. 
and that left Manly with 12 players for the remainder of the game. And so, honestly, yes, it was virtually over. However, Seagulls showed a lot of heart, a lot of fight, and at halftime, they were only down 18-16. And at the halftime break in the dressing room, you could see the senior players trying to rip up their junior players to get out there and give everything they could. Well, they did pretty well, to be honest, Manly, and uh, eventually they were overrun late in the game because they just had to do too much work. And the Rabbitohs eventually ran out winners by 40-22. to 22. On Saturday, there were three games, and probably all three games could be considered upsets. The Warriors got up over the Raiders. Now, both of these teams had been beaten the previous week. Now, we all know the Warriors had conceded over 50 points in that second half of their game against the Storm on Anzac Day. And yet, here they were half-time. They were down 20-12, to 12, and the Raiders didn't score again. And it was, in fact, the Warriors that got up. And uh, down 20-18 to 18 with a minute to go, well, <laughs> then we had the problem with uh, Matt Lodge um, being hit high in front of the posts, and uh, he couldn't get up to play the ball. The penalty was awarded. Warriors evened it up at 20 each and then uh, kicked the field goal in Golden Point to win the game. Uh, More on that later, of course. But honestly, after the belting that they had received from the Storm just five days prior to this, it was a pretty amazing comeback from the Warriors to get up and win this game. In the second game, the upset of the year... The Bulldogs, 16 to the Roosters, 12. And the Bulldogs led 10-4 sorry, at half-time. Now, all the talk during the week was about Phil Gould taking over the uh, one of the coaching sessions and Trent Barrett standing on the sideline. And there was all sorts of blow-ups, especially on Fox, on uh, Fox uh, on the 360, NRL 360. And everyone's saying that, oh, it's the end of the Bulldogs. It's the end of Trent Barrett's coaching career because you know, Phil Gould's got to come in and what's going to happen. Well, they got up and won. That's what happened. And uh, after Trent Barrett had come out during the week and said, no, no, it was his idea for Phil to come down and and just do something a little bit different. Well, whatever they did, it certainly worked this week. But mind you, the Roosters were pretty ordinary uh, overall. Um, There was a lot of excitement at the end of the game by all the Bulldogs supporters and the coach on the sideline. But realistically, the Roosters just didn't do enough to ever get into this game. And they'd be extremely disappointed, and I'm sure they're going to have a fun old uh, week at training. Uh, Can the dogs build on this? And will the Roosters be able to recover? All questions to be asked going down the line. And then the third game, the third, well, upset, I guess, somewhat of the uh, weekend. Cowboys 35, Eels 4. At half-time, it was 15-0 to the Cowboys, and... Apparently, Parramatta hadn't even shown up yet and uh, failed to do so for the rest of the match. And I honestly can't tell you anything about the game because I haven't seen the game, I don't know anything about the game, and I refuse to watch any replays of this game. However, you can guarantee that the Cowboys are storming at the moment. Uh, Given that uh, Todd Payton, the coach, was uh, under a fair bit of fire at the start of the season, especially after dropping that first game to the Bulldogs, I think he'd be feeling a lot better about himself. On Sunday, uh, the Knights, uh, after last week managing to score just two points against Parramatta, managed to do that exactly again by scoring only two points against the Storm in their 50-2 loss up there at uh, Marathon Stadium. 
or whatever they call that stadium these days. Uh, Storm led 26-2 at half time. To be honest, look, Melbourne bossed the game, both playing and the refereeing, to be honest. They, they ended up doing most of the refereeing of this game themselves. There was at least three tries scored, and I don't care what anyone says. There were at least three tries scored that had a forward pass in the lead-up to those tries that was not called and should have been, and they were pretty ordinary. There was one that was pulled up later in the game, and everyone said, oh, hello, forward pass has been called up by Melbourne. Um, lots of referees, lots of hands throwing in the air saying, oh, held offside or obstruction or whatever it was, and somehow Melbourne suddenly got all those penalties go their way. So Cam Smith might be gone, but uh, the Melbourne refereeing certainly hasn't stopped. An amazing part of the game was that the Knights didn't get to touch the ball until the 12th minute of the game. They made 52 straight tackles, <laughs> 52 before they got the ball in this match. So they'd held on pretty well by that stage. I think it was 10-0 at that stage, and um, it could have been a whole lot worse. But you could see with their coach, Adam O'Brien, up there, he knows there's a lot to try and work out. But one of the, at least one of the positive, Ponga had a really good game. I thought he, he stood up and did everything he could possibly do. Uh, so seeing as he signed up for another three, four or five years on big money, he's got a lot of uh, long years ahead of him, I think. And the final game of the weekend was down there at Wynn Stadium and the Dragons have won three in a row, beating the Tigers 12-6. And the Tigers led 2-0 at halftime. Uh, and the game probably wasn't pretty. It was hard. It was workmanlike. Uh, both sides had a lot of trouble getting the ball over the line and uh, even holding the ball at times. But sometimes that's the kind of game you have when you've got two teams that you know aren't at the top shelf at the moment, that uh, they're down the bottom trying to work their way up. And so that was the kind of game it was. They, you know, they've been making mistakes in the losses in the lead up to this game. Uh, so what more do you expect from these two teams? It was, but overall, it mightn't have been a spectacle, but it was a good game to watch. And the Dragons just found a way to get away with it in that second half. And there you go, that's the weekly wrap-up. And now, here's this week's Talking Point. So the problem I have with these talking points that I come up with is I generally recycle them <laughs> at least twice a season uh, and then into the next seasons. Now, I've only been doing this podcast for almost two years now, uh, but I know that I've brought this one up before and I probably will again before the end of the season as well. And it's more or less about players getting hit in a tackle and staying down in the tackle in order to make sure that the bunker has a look at something that may have happened so they may get a penalty or a player may get on report and they get a penalty or a player may get to the sin bin and they may get on report and then they might get a penalty as well. And it's all a really bad look for rugby league. And looks, let's just look at three incidences that happened this weekend. There's only just this is just three. That's not all of them, but there were three instances to me that just stood out like dogs balls. So the first one was for Brisbane, and Katoni Stags ran the ball up, and he got hit in the tackle, and you could see that the tackling player slid over the top of his head and then and then down his back. And there wasn't a lot in it, but Katoni Stagg stopped play. He's laid on the ground and he's clutched his head and his neck and sort of made as if he couldn't get up and it was, 
you know, there was no way he could play this ball and he stayed down. Eventually the ref had to blow time out. And then, obviously, then it goes to the bunker and the bunker have a look at it. And, um, you know, from what Staggs was doing, he claimed that it was a, a possible crusher tackle, that he was too injured to play that ball. And once the tackle was reviewed, the tackler was put on report for a possible crusher tackle and a penalty was awarded to Brisbane. Now, Staggs had been down this whole time clutching. You know, they'd poured water on his neck. He was rubbing his neck and all this kind of stuff. And the second that that happened, he was up on his feet and I think he took up the first or second hit after the penalty. It was just fine and dandy. Now, honestly, that is the epitome of what is wrong at the moment in rugby league with this particular rule. So let's look at another instance. And another instance was uh, Melbourne's Jesse Bromwich, who is the captain of the team. He did exactly the same thing against the Knights. He got hit in a tackle that seemed a reasonable tackle, but suddenly he was unable to play the ball. He was on the back on his back and he couldn't get up. And then the whistle blew and the penalty was awarded and he was up and he took the next hit up off the penalty. So again, oh, I'm injured. I can't play the ball. I'm buggered. Oh, hang on. Yes, I'm good. I can run. Now, the third one is a very interesting one. So in the Canberra Warriors game, there was a minute to go and the Warriors are running the ball up on the Canberra line. Matt Lodge goes, takes the ball up. Now, he's also going down as he comes to the tackler. The tackler's arm, well, firstly, you can see that Matt Lodge stays down for a possible high tackle. He actually ends up, he's on his ground, he's holding his jaw and he's more or less intimating he can't play on. So it goes to the bunker and you watch the replay and the first contact of the arm is hitting the ball and then the arm goes up off the ball onto, very slightly, onto the head of Matt Lodge around that jaw area. Now, there's no doubt in the world that there wasn't much in it. The commentators on the coverage both sort of more or less said, oh, well, that'll be just play on, don't worry about it. Well, no, it wasn't. The bunker reviewed it and decided that a penalty should be awarded and it's awarded right in front of the post with a minute to go, which allows the Warriors to kick the penalty goal that levelled the scores of that game, and then it went into golden point. And then, of course, the Warriors go into golden point. Um, Sean Johnson kicks a field goal, and they win the game in golden point. Now, the following day, a teammate of Matt Lodge's has come out and said that Matt Lodge definitely fates that tackle in order to get the penalty, but he doesn't feel good about it. And that was the quote. So here we have a player who has admitted that he has stayed down in a tackle, looking for a penalty, trying to milk a penalty, which he has done, and then has admitted that he was okay with it. So that's neither here nor there. The, the problem was that the ruling was made by the officials in the bunker and on the field. Now, the fact that the player has admitted to milking this penalty, we all know these players, all three of these instances, we all know that all of those players milked the penalty, milked how uh, injured they were in order to make sure that they got a relieving penalty or, in the Warriors' case, a levelling penalty. So we've got to do something about this, surely. We can't allow this game to go on like this because 
it's a really bad look. And at the moment, you know, whenever you hear Peter Volandis talk, he's worried about how the game looks to the outsider. And I can guarantee you, when these penalties are awarded, NRL, Rugby League, does not look good. So is there any solution? Now, I thought last year, and I could be wrong, I haven't bothered to go and look this up because it tends to waste my time. I was sure that last year that if a player went down in an injury situation like that and couldn't get up and play the ball, they had to come off the field for a certain amount of time, whether it was three minutes or five minutes or whatever it was, they had to leave the the field of play. I'm sure there was a rule that was brought in like that. Now, if there was, we haven't seen hide nor hair of that this season. That's not not happening at all. And this is what concerns me because the players milk the penalty and they can't get up and play the ball. And then 30 seconds later, they're carrying the ball after the penalty has been awarded into the opposition again with no problems. Now, what concerns me still is that by milking these penalties, eventually we're going to get to a point where we've got, you know, the boy crying wolf. And someone's going to actually be injured and we're going to get to the point saying, oh, yeah, no, it's just bullshitting again. He's just carrying on. I mean, that's not what we want. What we want is that when someone is actually injured, we want the play to stop. We want to be able to say that they need help and play must stop. And this is why they stopped taking the ball off the injured player and moving a couple of metres to the left or right and having someone else play the ball and moving the game on because the duty of care says that, well, if that player's really hurt, then you know we need to stop the game. So now the game's always stopping. The bunker's having a look. Every time the bunker sees anything, anything like a, a bit of uh, pressure on the back of the head or the neck or the, an arm getting anywhere near the head, except in normal play, as we saw last week, which was last week's talking point, they're awarding a penalty and putting the player on report. And, you know, and yet last week we saw um, Tupo got away with murder. So, yes, this is this week's talking point. Yes, I've recycled this again because it just it's came up again this weekend and that, to me, was what stood out the most. That and Melbourne's refereeing, but maybe that could be next week's talking point. Um, we need to find a way to stop this. I don't know if it is getting the player to get off the field and you, you have to use one of your... Um, your subs, I mean, and it stopped really quick then because the coaches will say, no bloody way, you stay on the field and stop being a dick. Um, but, yes, think of something, someone. Peter Valen has come up with an idea. Isn't that what you paid for? But what's happening next week? Okay, well, let's have a look at next week's round because I think I got three out of eight last week and that was very dicey as it was. We're going to look at next week's games and uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going all in. I'm going eight from eight this week and I'm going with my, with my joker. So the Rabbitohs and the Broncos are on Thursday night. I don't care what anyone says. The Broncos can't win that game. Uh, it's down here at uh, well the Olympic Stadium, whatever it's called now. I, I don't know. Rabbitohs at home. Look, the Rabbitohs were lucky last week in respect that Manly played with 12 men for most of the game. But they still showed enough flair uh, to win to be good enough to beat the Broncos. And that's what will happen. Rabbitohs by 13+. plus. Uh, Friday, 6 o'clock game. The Raiders against the Bulldogs. This is 14th against 15th. This is exciting times for everybody. I mean, what else do you want to do on a Friday night at 6 o'clock but watch two pretty average, ordinary football teams playing against each other 
trying to get a win to see who will finish least last this season. I'm going to tip the Raiders. They are at home. I don't believe the Bulldogs can win two in a row. Let's see them prove me wrong. Funnily enough, Friday night's 8 o'clock game is going to be just as ordinary because the Panthers are playing the Eels. <laughs> and I, honestly, if the Eels can lose 35-4 to to the Cowboys, what chance are they at Penrith at Penrith Stadium beating the Panthers? Uh, zero. They are zero chance. The Panthers will win that by a street and a very long street at that. Saturday afternoon, the 3 o'clock game, which is usually the death knell for most games, this is going to be, I think, a really good game. The Seagulls against the Tigers. The Tigers you know, still may not be in the greatest touch and the greatest form, but they've improved. The Seagulls are sort of there or thereabouts. They're still sitting in eighth spot. Uh, they will be definitely looking to redeem themselves and have 13 men on the park and uh, get up another victory. Uh, Tom Travojevic can't be too far away from returning. So, yes, I'm backing the Seagulls. Uh, not by a lot. Maybe uh, six to eight points. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. Saturday, 5.30. It's not one of the Roosters' favourite playing times after we saw last week, but the Roosters are playing again, and this time they're up against the Titans. This game's up there at Mackay, so that's going to be uh, an away fixture for both teams. The Roosters have got to find a way to get out of this funk they're in because they're struggling. And uh, the Titans, despite uh, losing last week to the Panthers, showed some good signs, still showing some good form. They're a better team than being 2-6. and six. They really can't afford to go 2-7. and seven. I'm still not going to tip them. I'm going to tip the Roosters. Uh, but it would not surprise me at all to see the Titans get up and, and win that game. Saturday at 7.30, we have the Cowboys against the Knights, um, and that's up there at Townsville. If the Knights won this game, I think you could just stop playing rugby league ever again because there's no way you can... I mean, they've played two very good teams the last two weeks. Well, one very good team and one not-so-bad team, but they've only scored a penalty goal in each of those games. Their attack is woeful. Their defence is struggling under the amount of pressure they're being put under. The Cowboys have been really good and must have been good last week, but as I said, I couldn't tell you. Uh, I'll back the Cowboys by 13+. plus. Sunday's two games uh, look to be interesting in the form that uh, the Storm are playing the Dragons down there at uh, Melbourne. The Dragons have won three in a row. Does anyone really believe that they will beat the Storm down there? And Storm have scored 70 points and 50 points in their last two games. And I think they're thirsty for more. Yes, little Home Alone reference there. Uh, Storm by 13+. Plus. And the final game of the weekend is the Sharks and the Warriors. How the Warriors came back from that shellacking on Monday to win on Saturday, I still think is quite amazing. Uh, and they've got to travel down to Endeavour Field to play the Sharks on Sunday. That's not an easy trip for them. I would love to see them win. I really would but I don't think it's going to happen. I think the Sharks, despite uh, losing to Brisbane last weekend, uh, that they will have learned a few things, and I'm pretty sure Craig Fitzgibbon's going to make sure they don't lose two on the trot. So back the Sharks in that one. Alrighty, well, that's all those games. Let's have a quick look at the ladder because it's getting interesting at the moment. So on top, undefeated still are the Panthers on 16 points. 
And then the Storm, one game behind them with seven wins and one loss on 14 points. You can throw away the rest of the teams. It's not going to matter this season. I don't really care. I mean, they could have the grand final this weekend and just get it out of the way. And then we could play three origin, origin matches and the game, the season could be over by mid-June and we could, you know, start playing cricket again, I guess. That'd be more fun. Uh, we then have three teams who are sitting on 10 points, so that's an extra two games behind the Storm, so there's a big gap widening up there at the top of the ladder. Uh, the Cowboys, the Sharks and the Eels are all on 10 points. Uh, the Cowboys, probably a little bit surprising from the start of the year, but they fully deserve to be in the spot they are. We then have six teams all on eight points, so that stretches from sixth down to 11th. Uh, on percentage, the Rabbitohs, the Roosters and the Seagulls are currently in the top eight. And just outside are the Broncos, the Dragons and the Warriors. So those three teams have done pretty well to get to the point where they are at. Um, they need to keep finding a way to win games that they don't expect to. So beating those teams in the top eight above them is going to be what they need to do if they want to keep going up. Then there's a gap of another two games, uh, back down to five teams, all sitting in 12th spot nominally, but basically sitting last. And that's the Titans, the Tigers, the Raiders, the Bulldogs, and the Knights are all on four points. And it's only uh, the points for and against that separates them at the moment. So is the season over for them? Well, it feels like it. I think out of those five, the Titans... Uh, are a better team than that record shows. Uh, and they've had a pretty tough run. And like I said, they play the Roosters again this weekend, but they've got to find a way to start winning games and not losing them. And of course, they did win that game against the Tigers in the last minute, or else they would have only had one win this season. And then the Tigers would have had three, and they'd have been happier. Alrighty, thanks for tuning in to another uh, In League with the NRL. I hope you found it informative and boring at the same time and that hopefully you'll come back next week and listen to my informative and boring voice all over again. Until then, take it easy. And Grant's there. He passes infield for Courier. This will be incredible. Surinan charging, charging. They won't stop him. What a try. What a rugby league try in a grand final. You have been listening to a Metal Cavern production.